history lovers welcome back to my podcast remembering our past and obviously it's me then apandi on the side your host um guys uh, about my last episode i know it was way too long i mean it was like almost in one hour i mean it was for like one hour long and uh, i didn't got so uh, such a big response like i did got with my other episodes and i can definitely understand why i mean no one would love to hear history going on for like one hour i get it i definitely get it but uh, i did that because of uh, a request from certain someone so but i'm over with it okay uh, there won't be any one hour long weekend special there might be some weekend special but it won't be one hour long so i'm going to go back to most of my half an hour even for weekend special and uh, maybe we'll do something special or why just why don't you just uh, you know you guys just message me ping me on instagram and let me know what you guys want as a special something out of the you know our context what we discuss or something related to context i'll be love you know i'll love if you guys will give me any feedback or response regarding that and as i already told you my instagram id is nan is here 105 that is n a n i s h e r e 105 and you guys can definitely follow me there i would love to see you guys and you guys can definitely message me give me a feedback or advice you know so let's get started with this one so in the last episode if you haven't if you guys like you know, skipped that audio because i didn't got so many play please uh, option on that so if you guys skipped it it was mostly about moral empire okay and uh, the different aspect of that empire like economy politics administration and the only there were only two special kings that were the, these were like chandragupta maurya whose descendant is not known but uh, we do have this something uh, about it in buddhist text but as historical figures we don't have anything which is a reliable source and uh, we just uh, opposite of that in ashoka's time we have lots of thing we have addicts and everything else and he was one of the greatest king india and the world has ever known okay so after that uh, the mauryan empire just declined mostly it happens that there is a king there, there comes a king in almost every dynasty who is great who is like uh, one of the best in the whole world and after that the successors they just you know they can't fill that shoes and um, the whole empire starts collapsing and that's what also happened with the mauryan empire it wasn't any exception and uh, we ended with how karvela reign came upon after him and um, how he you know just uh, took away from kalinga to magadan he just cleared all of that area but again his successors weren't heard about or anything so 
now we are going to start with the post mauryan era okay apart from some important dynasties ruling in post mauryan north india we have number of republics ruling over you can say smaller states right we know about these uh, republics because of their coins which uh, on which their names are found now some of them are malwas adumbaras kunidas yadhus right now most of these later on become tributaries of what you can say a gupta empire and vanished altogether from the 4th century ad now before the emergence of uh, one of the you know one of the very important dynasties in maharashtra we are going to discuss about satwana okay and before their emergence there were other kingdoms as well like chola chera pandya these were the people who were ruling the south okay they were settled by megalithic people but they've been like one of the longest were uh, ruling dynasties and while northern india was reeling under turmoil after the fall of the mauryas a very powerful kingdom was established by the satwahanas also known as the andras in deccan and uh, deccan you know, if you guys don't know which part of india is deccan then it's the part of andhra pradesh maharashtra or you can say if you're from like outside of india then it's the southern part that triangular tip that you see it's the southern part that's the deccan area the andras are the ancient people okay they were so ancient that they were mentioned in the atarya brahmana if uh, if you guys remember from my past episodes when i was talking about vedas and other texts i did mention about atarya brahmana and these people the satwanas or andras they were mentioned in that the greek writer pliny mentions that the andras were powerful people who possessed a large number of villages and 30 towns an army of 1 lakh infantry 2000 cavalry and 1000 elephants okay at that time it was a huge deal guys 1 lakh infantry was way too big of an army now during the mauryan age they were part of the mauryan empire right but as i always told you what is always happens what always happens to an empire that they fall apart eventually and after mauryan empire appeared after the fall of their dynasty the andras declared themselves free right the founder of this dynasty is known as simoka and he ruled from 235 bc to 213 bc he was succeeded by his brother krishna the third king was satkarni one who seems to have made an extensive conquests and performed two ashwamegh yajna now people who don't you know who are random guys who don't listen uh, you know my episodes on regular basis i did mention about ashwamegh yajna and i told you how this uh, ritualistic thing used to be carried out and how kings used to expand their territory using this ritualistic uh tool okay 
so his achievements are described in detail in the nanaghat inscription it appears that he conquered western malwa vidharb anupa that's that's what narmada valley is he is also referred to as the lord of dakshinapatha dakshinapatha as uh, again if you some of you must be thinking like what the hell she is saying but guys seriously if you guys like regularly you go through my podcast i did mention dakshinapatha as well these are the four parts of india which were divided you know from ancient time as well now his name he was referred as the lord of dakshinapatha and his name also occurred on one of the gateways of sachi stupa it is well known that substantial donations were made by the satwanas for the renovation and decoration of sachi stupa and monasteries so the next important king in this dynasty was gautami putra satkarni now it is you know if you will see the name gautami putra satkarni it's very you know used to be different from the other kings who used to rule because gautami putra satkarni took the name of his mother you know gautami was his mother and uh, he took her name in between three kings ruled of whom satkarni too ruled for about like 56 years he wrested malwa from the sungas after satkarni too the expansion of the satwana empire received a setback and nahapana seems to have conquered part of satwana territory the large number of coins of nahapana has been found in nashik area right these they were the rivals satwanas became powerful again during the gautami putra satkarni reign his achievements were recorded in glowing terms in the nashik inscription of queen mother gautami balasiri this inscription was engraved after his death and in the 19th year of the reign of his son and successor pulmavi 2 in this inscription he has been described as uh, as one who destroyed the sakas yavanas and pahalvas when i will tell you about these people sakas and yavanas these were the foreign rulers who established part of their territory in india for a time being and uh, he overthrew nahapana and restricted large number of his silver coins he also recovered the northern maharashtra konkan vidharb saurashtra and malwa from the shakas satakarni dedicated a cave in nashik in 18th year of his reign and granted some land to astics in 24th year gautami putra satakarni is the first king bearing matronym and this practice was followed by nearly all his successors gautami putra was succeeded by his son vashishti putra shri pulmavi in about ad 130 and ruled for about 24 years the coins and inscription of pulmavi have been found in andhra pradesh as i already told you these people are known as andras and they obviously they were there this show that andhra has become a part of satwana empire in the second century ad perhaps in order to save the satwana empire from the onslaught of the sakas pulmavi married the daughter of shaka ruler rudraman 
and uh, this name Rudhiman has been continuously you know popped up during my last episode as well he was a kind of important person because of his inscription and pulbavi married his daughter now but this shaka king defeated the next satwana king twice and took from him a param that is konkan area and narmada valley i uh, i already told you how it used to be with these kings It, it didn't matter you know that they were relatives or they were blood bound or any kind of relation is there they used to attack each other all the time irrespective of their relation they had shri yajna sapkarni the next king and the last of the great rulers his inscription have been found in andhra pradesh maharashtra and madhya pradesh from the distribution of this coins it appears that he ruled over a large kingdom right extending from the bay of bengal in the east to arabian sea in the west thus he reigned the land that the sarkars had conquered from his predecessors maritime trade and activities during his reign was indicated by depiction of ship with a fish and a conch on his coins the successors of yajna were weak and unworthy to govern such a large empire and again the cycle repeated itself and the satwahana empire collapsed when abihars seized maharashtra and ishwaku and pallavs appropriated the eastern province now one of the most important events of the reign of pushyamitra sunga when i told you was the invasion of yavnas from the west right patanjali a contemporary of pushyamitra mentions this invasion you know explicitly and uh, kalidas who is one of the greatest greatest writer in indian culture also mentions about the vasumitra's conflict with yavanas in his malvika uh, malvika agnimitram it may be mentioned that the word yavana or uh, maybe originally meant ionian greeks but uh, later it came to denote that all people of greek nationality used to be called yavna at that time the yavnas were the first one to establish foreign supremacy on indian soil the greeks they were succeeded by several central asian tribes who invaded india and established their political authority some of them i'll tell you right now okay and uh, let's start with greeks the advent of the yavnas also known as the indo-greeks in india was the result of incident of the western border of india when i was telling you about alexander i told you that he left major of his major of his conquered areas to his general right and uh, soon these general got defeated by the local kings now when alexander left he gave up most of his empire to this general and the main area was bacteria and the adjoining areas of iran that was known as parthia at that time at 250 bc around 250 bc diodorus who is the governor of bacteria revolted against the greeks right their general he revolted against them and proclaimed his independence some important indo-greek kings were ecudemus demetrius meander and meander is kind of special 
he was the most illustrious if you can say he ruled like from 165 to 145 bc and uh, he in this 20 years he did he did most of the work right his capital was sakala that is modern sialkot it's in pakistan right now the greek writers tell us that he was a great ruler and his territory extended from afghanistan to uttar pradesh in east and gujarat in the west meander uh, was uh, converted to buddhism by buddhist monk naksena and uh, when i was discussing about buddhism i tell uh, i told you about a book known as milandofano this book is about the conversation which happened between meander and naksena the buddhist monk and it's about a questions that meander asked related to philosophy and buddhism and uh, naksena answers all of them and this is what recorded in that book named milandofano and in english what you will say it's the questions of milind meander was also used to go by the name of milind and this book is kind of special in buddhism literature as well now in the history of india the indo greeks were the first one whose coins carried the portraits of kings and their names before that they used coins were used to be there but portrait of kings on their coins they didn't happen and they were the first one who did that before this the coins you know they used to carry what you can say symbols like the ship with the fishes but never the name and portrait of the king also they were the first rulers the indo greeks were the first to issue the gold coins that's why these coins they were known for the depiction of realistic and artistic portraits after them i told you about the second area the second biggest area that alexander had was near the iran known as pratiha and uh, obviously what you can guess pratiharians were the next people who invaded india and came to establish their kingdom they were also known as pahalwas okay that was the iranian people their history is obscure but uh, a few facts may be gleaned from what we can say a coins and inscription the earliest king of this dynasty was bonosius who captured power in arcosia and siestin and adopted the title of great king of kings bonosius was succeeded by another king okay and uh, obviously there were many ones but the one of the ma- most you know what you can say the greatest one of them was the gondophernes okay that guy ruled from 19 to uh, 1980 to 45 and it appears that for the brief period he was the master of shaka palwa area both in eastern iran and northwestern india now, soon after gondophernes the palwa rule in india ended and the kushans moved in excavation at begram in afghanistan have brought to a light a large number of coins of gondophernes but none of his successes as i already told you that these guys used to in you know have coins 
different kind of coins with the name of their kings not just greeks even iranians used to do that but um, although there is large number of coins of gondopur nishan of, of his successors were found and soon after that people who belonged to central asia you know they just marched in the indo greek rule in northwestern india was destroyed by the sakas who are also known as sindhians the sakas or sindhians were the, these were the nomadic tribes okay who belonged to the central asia now in about 165 bc they were turned out of their original home by the yuchi later later they were going to known as kushans first the kushans were the ones who you know who kicked out the shakas or the sindhias from their original home and then they pushed them towards the other land and then when they were out of their land they came to india the inroad made by central asian tribes was the result of prevailing situation in central asia and adjoining northwestern china after the construction of the great wall of china in 3rd century bc the tribes like huanglu busan and yuchi had no option but to move towards south and west the first migrants were yuchi or Sha- you know who displaced shakas i'd already told you yuchi were the kushans and they were the first you know who kind of pushed out the shakas or sindhias and after soon yuchi were the ones who migrated and then they displaced the shakas i know i know you know they they keep displacing sindhians but that's what they did first they displaced them then from their own homeland and when then shakas moved to india then again yuchi or the kushans were the one who displaced them again now as the shakas were getting displaced by yuchi that is kushans from the uh, you know southern and western of uh, china they were coming and they were displacing them so obviously naturally shakas were moving towards what you will say bacteria or parthia that is iran okay and then they moved towards iran and then they invaded that area and then entered in india through bolan pass the shakas were di- divided in five branches established themselves in various part of northwestern northern re- india one branch settled in afghanistan the second branch settled in punjab the takshilatit's capital the third branch settled in mathura and the fourth maharashtra and saurashtra and the fifth one was you know the captured central india that is in ujjain as its capital the shakas ruled in different areas for the first from the first century bc to fourth century ad although the shakas ruled in different parts of the country only those who ruled in central and western india rose to the prominence the most prominent ruler of western india was nahapana as i was telling you when satwana were fighting and satkarni fought he was the ruler nahapana and nahapana was the ruler of shakas and uh, this detail can be found in various inscription in maharashtra and in the records of satwana as well when i was talking to you about satwanas and uh, you guys can you know 
definitely go back and listen again i was telling you how they fought nahapana and how they fought off and uh, nahapana was a shaka ruler now on the of the central indian branch the most illustrious ruler was rudraman obviously right was daughter he the satwana king married he ruled from 130 ad to 150 and he was mostly famous because of his junagadh rock inscription it appears that his rule extended over a vast territory including the areas of gujarat sindh saurashtra north konkan malwa and parts of rajasthan he undertook the repairs of the sudarshan lake dam now this this uh, renovation that he did was kind of important and uh, this dam this dam was built by a provisional provincial governor chandragupta maurya in kathiawada that is in gujarat when it was damaged by heavy rains now ujjaini the capital of rudraman became a center of culture and education many scholars think that shaka era was founded by shakas the dynasty came to an end with the defeat of the last king in the hands of the chandragupta 2 of the gupta dynasty in the ad 390 now this is all about the shakas okay guys the the poor clads who were you know displaced by ugs first and then they were again displaced by ugs then from india um to the more western area so by when while ugs was doing them they were also moving towards india okay so these ugs were known as kushans the chinese historians tell us about them and that the yuchi were nomadic tribe settled on northwestern border of china in the year 165 bc they came in conflict with the neighboring tribe known as huangnu the yuchi were defeated and were forced to move out of their land they could not move towards the east since the china wall was there right it became a barrier and they had no alternative but to move west and south while moving towards the westward the yuchi came in conflict with another tribe called wusun whom they defeated easily at about this time the yuchi were divided into two groups that is little yuchi which migrated to tibet and great yuchi which finally came to india after wusun the next people yuchi met were the shakas right whom they already displaced they were occupying this whole area of india and bacteria the shakas were forced to leave their land right and they came to india and the yuchi settled down in the land of shakas it is here that they gave up their nomadic life and adopted an agriculture and a settled way of life further perhaps it's in this area great yuchi were divided into five branches as well same like shakas now according to chinese sources The first great Yuchi king was Kujulu Kharpisis, also known as Kharpisis I. He united all five groups and established his authority over Afghanistan. He called himself Great King. He, he is also called as Dharmitida or Sacha Dharmitida, that is steadfast in true faith. And my coffee is cold with this, which is taken to suggest that he was a Buddhist. you know how buddhism got all you know um, 
spread across China. So, maybe that they were already a Buddhist people. Khattis I was succeeded by his son Vyama Khattis or Khattis II, who extended Kushan territory up to Punjab or perhaps even the Ganga. Now, he issued gold and copper coins and he referred to as a great king and a devotee of Shiva. You know, that's quite unlike because most of them were Buddhist, but the other purposes too, who you know came, he was a Shaviite or a devotee of Shiva. On some of his coins, Shiva holding a trident and a bull is depicted. You know, purposes too was succeeded by Kanishk. Now you guys need to remember this name Kanishk because he was, was one of the most well-known and greatest of all the Kushan kings. Kanishk seems to have come to the throne like around 78 AD, but some historians think that Kanishk founded the Shaka era, right? At its peak, Kanishk empire extended from Khotan in the northwest to Banaras in the east, and Kashmir in north to Saurashtra and Malwa in the south. The capital of this vast empire of Kanishk was Purusharpur, that is modern Peshwas in Pakistan. Coins of Kanishk had been found from almost all over the above-mentioned area, right? The areas which I mentioned you. Now, Kanishk was a follower of Buddhism. The fourth Buddhist council was held during the Kanishk reign. Kanishk court was adorned by the presence of such scholars such as Praswa, Vasumitra, Ashwaghosh, Charak, Nagarjan. During his reign, Takshila and Mathura emerged as a great centers of art and culture. He ruled from like 78 AD to 101 AD. After him came Vashishka, Huvishka, Vasudev and other kings. The last name is purely Indian, right? Like Vasudev, it's purely Indian. You can see when um, first king came, his name was Khatfesis, that is Kujula Khatfesis. It's not Indian like at all, right? But the last king, Vasudev, you can see, he, this name is like purely Indian. And this may suggest that Kushan, who came coming from China, they, they, there was a complete Indianization of this dynasty. Though his name is after the Vaishnav deity, he was a Shavi. And the decline of Kushan power sent in after Vashika through the Kushan continued to rule up to the 4th century AD over, you know, what you can say, small principalities or independently under some Soviet rulers. So, uh, this was, um, um, you know, I'm not going to make any longer of this video. So, this was the last of the foreign invaders i won't say invaders more like um dynasties or kingdoms of foreign descent this is all what i'm telling you from like when i started with Indus civilization it's all about north india in my next episode we will start with 
south india and uh, what we will go back to the megalithic phase right because uh, when i start telling you about all those phases i was majorly concentrating on india a uh, north indian part and now i'll start uh, in the next episode i'll start telling you about the history of south india and i will start with the megalithic phase guys you can't skip that i'm sorry i know you guys will be thinking like why you got you are jumping from but i have to you know jump from one part to another or one phase or one era to another era because different things were happening a different era uh it was more like what you can say uh i don't know star wars star wars era kind of thing you know you can't put them all in a sequence they are like different kind of sequence you can go with whatever you like so guys i have to go back to this you know megalithic phase when we start with the south india and we will see why south india has been more uh, you know stable in terms of art and culture why we can find such a you know breath taking architecture and sculpting in south india you know we do have many things in northern part but north you when uh, when i was telling you about all the history about north india you guys saw how you know unstable it was how kings were killing each other how commander in chief is killing a king in the public eye view so it was very hotspot you can say right so it only the ones who were stable like mauryans and other who were stable for time being they allowed uh, the flourishing of the art and culture and uh, you can find most of the architecture from those dynasties which were stable for a longer time but uh, mostly they were always in a fight right and uh, south india was no different they were also fighting with each other but uh, somehow they used to be fight between i think four or five dynasties it used to revolve around them so we will go through that right guys and i hope you will love it and if you guys have like any other questions regarding it because i think you might if you guys are like really listening you might be having questions about shakas and yuchis and these guys because uh, even each of them like got divided into five different branches you know occupying different areas so you guys can definitely google it if you want i won't mind but uh, if you want to talk to me about that or uh, something like that or want me to you know record another episode relating to that i'm open to it. you guys can definitely message me right i'm i'm you know waiting for your messages i would love to have some really good messages maybe a little appreciation maybe you know little pat on the back but uh, that's it and this episode is going to end here and i hope you loved it i hope you liked it i kept it short 
and i'll see you in the next episode i love you guys take care of yourself always wear mask and uh, you know i know festivals are coming but just celebrate inside your home maybe don't go out go outside so much and uh, take care of yourself and your family and with that now i'm going to go good night and take care